G'day folks, welcome to episode 116 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week, we've got over 60 CVEs to look at across the supported Ubuntu releases, and that's across packages like MySQL, Django, Please, and the Linux kernel. So we're going to look at some of the details of all of that and the fixes that were involved. Plus, I wanted to have a quick look at the announcement of the official release of the 1Password for Linux client. This is something that's been in the works from the 1Password team for a while, and I know it's been requested a lot within the community, so that is awesome to see. So we'll have a look at that as well. Yeah, but first, let's get into the weekly roundup of security fixes from the past week. So as I said, there were 60 unique CVEs that were addressed by the team this week. Up first was an update for MySQL. This included a huge 33 CVEs that were addressed across uh, the releases from 1804 long-term support up until uh, 2104, the Hasu Tipo, the most recent uh, standard support release. Uh, this is the latest upstream point releases of MySQL and it includes both security and bug fixes. So just be aware uh, there could be possibly incompatible changes there, but uh, that is the way that Oracle choose to do these releases. So uh, And so this has been updated to 8.0.25 for 2004 long-term support uh, and uh, 5.7.34 for 18.04 long-term support releases respectively. After that was an update for Django. Uh, this is one CVE that was for our older releases. So that's 1404 Extended Security Maintenance and 1604. I talked about this back in uh, the episode a couple of weeks ago. It was a tra directory traversal via a file upload that could be triggered. So that is now fixed for those older releases as well. After this was an update for the AW stats package. Again, uh, going all the way back to 1604 long-term support. Uh, not to be confused with anything like AWS. Uh, this is the advanced web statistics package. So it's used for doing log analysis and the like to see how many page hits you've had and unique visitors and all the rest of that kind of stuff that you may want to do if you're running a web server. Uh, this was actually an incomplete fix for an old CVE from 2017, uh, which could have back then have been used to read an arbitrary file through the config parameter. Uh, that could then potentially be executed as well. So you could potentially get code execution, but it had to be from a file that already existed on the web service. It wasn't you know, the ability to inject content in this case. Uh, so that old fix was incomplete. So a new CVE was assigned, but then the fix for that uh, you know, refix was itself incomplete. So again, a third CVE was assigned. So that's why three CVEs are listed in this, but really it's just the one vulnerability. So that now has been fixed. Hopefully that is the last we will see for that particular vulnerability in AW stats. GNU libc was updated after that. Uh, a couple of different CVEs for our 1604 uh, release. Uh, there was an ARM v7 specific issue in the memcompy implementation there where if a negative value was used for the length, it would then go and you know execute undefined behavior, basically copying outside of the destination. Uh, this is unlikely to be able to be triggered in uh, you know, practice because obviously you need some way of crafting a negative length value to memcopy and most uh, legitimate users will be using a uh, you know, positive value there. Uh, so unlikely to be hit in practice. Plus uh, the other vulnerability fix there was a denial of service uh, within the regular expression library. So if you fed it a crafted regular expression, it could trigger a failed assertion and end up aborting. Uh, so yeah, just be aware, I guess, that the glibc developers in general do not consider uh, glibc's handling of regexes to be able to handle uh, crafted regular expressions so you should be either using uh, you know known regular expressions that you're passing to that or trying to validate them somehow beforehand if you are using untrusted input for that uh, so yeah in general you shouldn't be passing untrusted regexes to uh, libc 
after that was an update for Intel uh, for the Intel microcode. So I talked about this back in episode 96 last year. This was sort of the latest uh, round of updates for that then. This was for uh, the runtime average power limit uh, side channel attack and a couple others. In particular, you, you could read out you know, the power usage of the processor and use that to, as a side channel to infer you know, secrets and that kind of thing. Uh, so this is a corresponding fix for the microcode on a bunch of different uh, Xeon processors. So if you're using one of those, you now have the fixes for that and the other side channel attacks that were announced back then. After that was an update for please. So uh, this is a pseudo replacement that is written in Rust. It's a relatively new package. Uh, I believe it's only in the most recent 2104 release. Three different CVEs were fixed for this. Uh, these were actually found by Matthias Gersner from uh, SUSE Linux. Uh, they did a uh, code review of it uh, to be included within SUSE and found a bunch of different issues. Uh, as you can imagine, being a replacement for sudo, this is a set UID binary. And so just because you are now memory safe doesn't mean you don't have vulnerabilities. You know, if you are doing the wrong thing as a set UID root process, uh, you can then go and expose different issues as they did in this case. So uh, but, you know, when you would run, please, you could tell it a file to uh, read from and it would uh, just go and read that before uh, before identifying you as uh, an authorized user. So you could tell it to go and read from dev zero or something like that, and it would consume available memory and, you know, trigger the out of memory killer or similar. Uh, it would also use unsafe permissions for its token directory. So basically when you go and authenticate with please, it creates a token for you under uh, varlib, I believe somewhere, but it would create that as well writable. And so it would create that before you'd gone and authenticated that directory that is. And so you could then uh, trigger it to create that directory as world writable. Then you could go and dump your own file in there that looked like you'd authenticated. And then it would go and happily allow you to execute uh, things as root. Uh, as well, uh, the please edit binary there. So this is similar to the sudo edit, if you're familiar with that, uh, used for editing the uh, you know, please configuration file. It used predictable paths under temp. And so they were generally mitigated via uh, the symlink protections that we do enable in Ubuntu by default. But if you had disabled those, it could allow you know, an unprivileged user to change the ownership of arbitrary files as a result. So yeah, as I said, uh, they have all been fixed for please. Uh, in particular, you know, we pulled this fix from Debian, so thanks to uh, the maintainer there for fixing this. But uh, as I said, Rust is not a panacea, even though you know, obviously it does fix a lot of different uh, memory corruption type issues that we see in things. It doesn't mean that you know, just because you're writing something like a set UID program that it's automatically gonna be secure. There are a lot of things you still need to be aware of and to write your code defensively as a result. After that was an update for the Linux kernel. Uh, this was actually a live patch that was released for our 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support releases so that you could apply in this case, the a fix for a ShiftFS vulnerability uh, that was found by Vincent Dehors and then reported to us via uh, Trend Zero Day initiative. So yeah, we carried this as an out of tree patch. So it doesn't affect the upstream kernel, but it did affect uh, you know, Ubuntu kernels. And ShiftFS is used by LexD and other container systems for doing uh, user ID mapping within the containers to the host system and that kind of thing. In this case, it failed to handle faults in copy from user. So when it would copy um, you know, data that a user had supplied, it could then uh, end up either not freeing that memory, so you could get a memory, a memory leak and therefore a denial of service, or it would potentially free it twice. And so as a double free, you could potentially get code execution there as well as an unprivileged user. So yeah, they've been fixed for uh, ShiftFS in uh, the kernel without you needing to reboot if you are uh, have enabled live patch. 
Uh, just a few more to go through. There's an update for Eventlet. This is a Python library for concurrent networking. Uh, this is used by a heap of other packages within Ubuntu, in particular a bunch of the OpenStack components and the like. In this case, a WebSocket peer could cause a denial of service uh, via memory exhaustion by sending a large number of web or a large number of large WebSocket frames uh, to the you know, WebSocket server. In this case, uh, DJVU Libra was updated to five different CVEs here, all the way back to 16.04 long-term support. Uh, Deja vu, as I say, as the uh, the format is called, is a document format alternative to PDFs and often used or you know, promoted for scanning. Uh, storing scanned documents and the like, you know, text and images and uh, line art and that kind of thing. Being written in C++, a uh, memory unsafe language, this does have a bunch of different memory corruption vulnerabilities. So uh, things like heap buffer overflows, an out-of-bounds write, an out-of-bounds read, a stack buffer overflow, an integer overflow, all of these were fixed uh, in this update. Uh, all of these could then lead to potential denial of service or maybe uh, remote code execution if you are uh, using untrusted uh, deja vu documents with that. Uh, and again, this library is used by a lot of different things like events and Ocular, the other you know PDF type readers that we normally see if you are reading those documents. So you are a bit safer now. Uh, the Caribou on-screen keyboard was updated as well for our 24 long-term support and 2010 uh, Groovy Gorilla releases. In this case, uh, these fixes were contributed by community members. So that's uh, Fabio Fantoni and Joshua Pisak. Uh, Josh, hopefully I got your name right there. It swirls otherwise on uh, IRC and other places. So yeah, thank you guys for preparing those updates. Uh, this was for uh, a Issue in Caribou that could be triggered via crafted input. Basically, you could cause the on-screen keyboard to crash. And if this was being used uh, within, say, the screensaver, uh, then you could cause the screensaver to crash and therefore get unauthenticated access to a desktop session. So that is now uh, fixed for those. GStreamer base plugins was updated. Uh, an out-of-bounds read here on crafted input uh, could cause a denial of service. And finally, the Linux kernel for our Raspberry Pi devices was updated as well. Seven different CVEs were rolled into this. I actually talked about this uh, back in last week's episode where we released the update for uh, you know the standard kernels on Ubuntu 20.04 and 18.04 long-term support. This is now the corresponding update for the Raspberry Pi specific kernel builds on those releases as well. And that is it for the week in security updates. Okay, so as I said at the start, the other thing I did want to talk about this week was uh, the news of the official release of the 1Password for Linux client. So I did talk about this all the way back in episode 86 in August uh, last year when the beta for this was announced. Uh, but as I say, it has now been officially released. This has been, uh, I guess, one of their most requested features for one from 1Password to have a native Linux client. Uh, this does have a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, it integrates with the existing browser extension so that you can uh, share secrets and they can both stay unlocked together. Uh, it uses or it can make use of your regular desktop authentication to be unlocked as well. So you can unlock it, say, with your fingerprint or your YubiKey if you've configured that to log in you know, as normal. They are both opt-in features. That's pretty cool as well. Uh, it has you know, good desktop integration. So you know, if you're using a dark theme, it will automatically switch to that. It obviously integrates with the clipboard, uh, GNOME keyring or KDE wallet as well. It also integrates with the kernel keyring, and I'll say more about that in a second. It provides a DBus API, uh, command line interface, and it integrates with uh, you know, the standard desktop uh, screensaver, system lock, uh, idle timing, all of that kind of stuff so that when you, you know, lock your machine, uh, it also locks uh, itself as well. 
So uh, the client does provide feature parity with the Windows and Mac OS clients, which is pretty cool to see because often when we see Linux clients being released for various things that exist on other platforms, sometimes they are not uh, at full featured. Uh, but not only that, it actually includes a bunch of other features that you don't get on those clients, things like secure file attachment, integration with their uh, watchtower dashboard that tries to give you hints, you know, when you've got, say, insecure passwords and the like. Uh, you can also... I archive or delete items from the client as well and find them easily, all sorts of cool stuff like that. Uh, so I did say I wanted to say more about the kernel keyring integration. And so this is used basically to store the secret from what I can tell that is used to establish the connection between uh, the browser and the desktop client. So basically from the browser, you would normally you know, use a keyboard combination to pop up uh, its own uh, private copy of your passwords and things and access them but instead you hit the key combination and then it pops up your desktop client automatically for you and fetches them from that uh, so yeah it uses a secret to communicate between the two so it can't be snooped on from what i can tell and that is stored in the kernel keyring which is pretty cool uh, plus the other thing about this is a lot of it is written in rust uh, so the back end and a lot of the underlying crypto libraries and the like are written in rust uh, the user interface is written in react and they have native packages for both Ubuntu plus Debian, uh, CentOS, Fedora, Red Hat, uh, even Arch, I think. Plus, there is also a Snap package for this as well. Be aware, if you do use the Snap package, some of the uh, nicer integration features like uh, you know, the kernel keyring and things like that currently aren't available due to the Snap confinement, uh, but it still does you know, function quite well. Uh, I use that myself. So yeah, you know, one password aren't paying me to say this. It is uh, my favorite uh, password manager. And so if you aren't using a password manager, I recommend that you check this one out. It is very cool. All right. So the other thing, uh, finally, that I wanted to mention this week is we still have some open positions on the team. Uh, we have an open position within our certifications team. Uh, so for a cryptography and security engineer there, as well as a generalist doing you know, regular security updates and hardening and all that kind of stuff for Ubuntu as well. I have links to both of those positions in the show notes. They are both uh, fully remote positions. So yeah, I urge you to check them out and apply if you are interested. Okay, so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with the team, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com. We are hanging out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network, but I wonder if that's going to change at some point. Uh, there is the Ubuntu Harden mailing list, plus a security section on discourse at ubuntu.com, and we are on Twitter at ubuntu underscore sec there as well, if you want to find us over there. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening again for another week. It has been great doing this all again for you. I will catch you all next week, and until then, remember, keep calm, because we've got your back. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye.